Five on five in five. It is Thursday, September 21st. Welcome to the podcast. Once again, Fletcher Keel, Kelly Rippin, Stephen Albritton with you. Guys, how are we today? Do you remember? Somebody had to do it. If, if it's not all over your social media, it will be and that's when you log as in. much as we could do without getting copyright claimed. So exactly. good job, Kelly. One line. <laughs> or or just nobody listens to our need. podcast. Yeah, it's all you need. It's uh, identifiable off the bat. It's a wonderful song. Earth, shout out to Earth, Wind, and Fire. Thank you for making this day what it is. And let's talk about the forecast. Speaking of is, Earth, Wind, is, is there fire any the wind on this earth? No fire, hopefully. <laughs> Only bad. the ball of fire in the sky, y'all. <laughs> Shining down on us today. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to warm up perfectly. Again, we've really been in this lovely pattern of warm days, cool mornings and overnights, no rain to worry about. As we talked about on air this morning on WLWT, yes, we probably need rain, but it is very nice to go through the day by day and not have to worry about it, which continues all the way through the weekend. So for all of those events, things will be dry. High today of 83. We will hit the 60s overnight, so a little bit warmer, and then a high in the mid-80s tomorrow, ushering in the weekend. We'll talk more about the weekend forecast tomorrow, but again, no rain until next week, and it looks like it will hold off for Monday Night Football. Wonderful, wonderful forecast heading into the weekend. All right, it is time for 5 on 5 in 5. You know the rules. Five stories on Channel 5 in 5 minutes. Fletcher, the clock is rolling. What do we have first? All right, our top story, a fatal shooting in Brown County. One man has died. Two others were airlifted to a hospital uh, after that shooting on Wahlberg East Road last night. Yeah, a very unfortunate situation. One person is under arrest. Noah Clifton, 24 years old, allegedly shot his own grandfather who died, 81-year-old Ralph Neff Neff Sr., his own grandmother, and also a cousin as well. So it's just a a bad situation, and we're getting updates even um, just morning that charges have uh, finally been filed. Our second story this morning. WLWT obtained some body cam footage of a very high-profile criminal case that's moving a bit slowly, um, but it's the uh, Nerf War shooting at Joe Mixon's house. I think the timeline here is what's most interesting about this video being released, because the timeline was always part of the conversation into who was there, when were they there, how long were they there, what did they see? And this body camera video gives us a little bit of an indication of some of the conversations that were had, and then, of course, reality of what video shows, and then, of course, what these officers uh, have uncovered in the investigation. So, again, this was near Joe Mixon's house. Students were playing Nerf Wars. It's a game a lot of students play at different high schools, but then one of the students was shot with a real gun, no longer a Nerf gun. So the video from here shows uh, Joe Mixon's physical therapist, Sean Pena, and his sister, Shalonda Mixon, they were questioned. Mixon and Lamonte Brewer, which is Shalonda's boyfriend, denied ever hearing gunshots despite leaving the scene following a shooting. And then the video shows them opening the trunk, finding a gun similar to the one that was used that the kid was shot with. So there is a whole lot to this. It's one of those stories. Go to our website. You'll have to see and read all of the details to fully understand what's going on here, but it definitely is interesting and lends more to the timeline of what unfolded as this continues to unfold. Yeah, and the prosecutor has said that Joe Mixon has not committed a crime, um, so just to make that very clear, but again, WLWT.com has the full story. Our third story this morning, an upcoming attraction 
to the northern Kentucky side, Newport on the levee is taking one closer step to getting final approval, Stephen. Yeah, I'm singing today. Yeah, there's a lot of singing on this on this podcast. That's great. Yeah, so Margaritaville is potentially coming to Kentucky. It's getting a little bit closer for that final approval. Thirty-three million dollars in incentives for the proposed restaurant and resort, which will go on Newport on the levee, and expected to cost about 133 million. So we'll see if it gets that final, you know, check mark on all the dotted lines and all that stuff and uh, expected completion the fall of 2026 but it's still you know with the death of Jimmy Buffett only in the last month or so it's kind of like a I don't know iconic and memorializing all at the same time interesting too we had a Margaritaville restaurant at the casino when it first opened so I don't know if all the hotels have a restaurant or if all we know that not all the restaurants have a hotel so that's it'll be interesting to see I'm learning that there are different levels of Margaritaville. So I'm learning uh, right now in this moment. What, it's wonderful. What this one will be, time will tell. But uh, over there in Newport, Andy Bashir, governor of Kentucky, talking about the impact it could have financially for Campbell County, which would, of course, be interesting as well. With no knowledge of what the actual plans are, you would imagine a city as important to Jimmy Buffett and his legacy of Cincinnati would be all the bells and whistles Absolutely. you could possibly fit in this thing. That's a great point. Great uh, point, Fletcher. And and I liked your point earlier, Stephen, about the, you know, could become something of an informal memorial for Jimmy Buffett once it opens up. Our fourth story, moving on to a couple sports stories to end our Thursday. For the first time since their World Cup exit, the United States women's team is taking the pitch, and they'll do so right here in Cincinnati. Yes, and three stars on that team coming from Cincinnati. Of course, we all know Rose Rose Lavelle. She's been a star in that team for a long time. She's not playing tonight, so we're coming from injury. But then also goalkeeper Aubrey Kingsbury and defender M.A. Vignola. Uh, they're going to be out there on the field, hopefully. And also, this is their first match post-World Cup, of course, but first match with a new head coach as well. Uh, the prior one stepped down after their performance in the World Cup. But regardless of all that, Julie Ertz's last game, they always get a good crowd when they come to Cincinnati. It would be a fantastic night. We heard of the weather. But it would be very cool that, once again, Cincinnati gets an iconic sporting event with an iconic team right here in the middle of the city. It was fun to hear them talk. You know, Even though Rose Lavelle's not playing, she's happy to be home, happy to be in front of that crowd. She made a stop at her high school to say hi. M.A. Vignoli is saying that she got emotional as soon as they got there, which, you know, this just means a lot to them and to have that support. So uh, good luck to our ladies tonight. And congrats to Julie Ertz. Man, she's been a part of some incredible history when it comes to that team. Yeah, tonight will be her 123rd cap for the women's team. The U.S. has won 100 games with her on the pitch, looking to make it 101 tonight. And kind of a cool changing of the guard. You know, Ertz's last game, and this will actually be M.A. Vignola's if she takes the field, her first cap with the United States as well. So uh, nice little one-door closing, another opening uh, for the U.S. women's national team. And finally, it was a great day for Hunter Green last night as he struck out a career-high 14, kind of looking like the Hunter Green the Reds were hoping they would get once he signed that extension earlier this year. Unfortunately, three Twins runs in the top of the ninth inning sealed the deal. They take the series, uh, a 5-3 loss for the Reds. Now, here's the bad news. Obviously, the Reds lost, um, and also Philadelphia and Arizona won games last night, but they are the number one and number two wildcard spots. If there's a good news to a loss like last night, please, please give us good news. We it's need it. that every all the teams fighting for that fourth wild, or that third wildcard spot, excuse me, all four teams for that third wildcard spot lost. So the uh, the Reds lost, but as did the Cubs, Marlins, and Giants. So as we enter play today, which the Reds are off, but as other teams play today, the Reds are still one full game out of that wild card spot with the Cubs, with the Pirates coming to town this weekend. 
if you would have just seen Hunter Green's stat line and not known anything else about the game, you're like, that's a Reds win. Fourteen I, strikeouts. I, I came. I went home from work last night during the game. Uh, obviously, left around two. Game was still going on and just kind of crashed when it was still like three to one. And I fully missed, expected I to missed, wake up to a win. Well, I missed the final score alert. So all day I was like, oh yeah, Hunter Green did so well. I think the Reds uh, won. And then I was putting the show notes together for this, and I was like, oh, that ninth inning was not good. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. Nine nine games remain. That is also the same number of games, uh, or the same tragic number, if you will, for the Reds. So any combination of Reds losses and Cubs wins, or whoever jumps above them wins uh, in the standings over these last nine games, will officially eliminate the Reds. So that's, I mean, you want to be above that top line in that third wildcard spot, but if you're under it, being even with the number of games to go, not, not a bad place to be. We shall see. Five on five and five. That's Fletcher. That's Kelly. I'm Steven. We'll see you tomorrow.